head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast graham mcdonald is an idiot sean sheehan of severemma.com he even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god this is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 254 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheen, a.k.a. the Quarantine God, joined today by the Michael Stipe of MMA Media, Graham McDonald, Irish MMA Media even. Uh, as we talk about, uh, it was actually a way more eventful week than it had any right to be, so we have a few things to talk about. And we have a few uh, a few other things to talk about as well that maybe are off the bat and track a little bit, uh, and not every other MMA podcast is spending like 45 minutes doing it. But it's funny because... I lo- I love the way everyone's like gone mad trying to get up content now and like oh no we're not to talk about what we're gonna do this is my life every week <laughs> with Patreon I'm like I need to get a podcast out uh, Tuesday Talk, talking shy about nothing that's your speciality <laughs> that's exactly my speciality <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you were born for the, for this lockdown <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think like, <laughs> bunker Sean G and talk shy about nothing yeah. oh no I have to do another ten minutes of talking shy this week however else am I going to do it like yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty, I was, I was even like, those podcasts where we're like oh there was nothing really much in MMA this week they always end up being like an hour of just yeah. and it's be- like oh it's, it's an hour already okay <laughs> and being better than the other ones usually like sure. we might as well why not like it's it's a, it's a weird situation that this is kind of showing I, Patrick Wyman is a, is a great man you know he he knows obviously he's a fucking PhD in history and he knows all Dr. about Dr. Patrick Dr. Wyman, Patrick you, Wyman. but he's he, I'm not saying this verbatim but he said like when something like this happens, it really exposes like the cracks in society, and I think in even our small little bubble society here, I think it's really exposed like the, the cracks in in people and the way we cover the sport, and even some of the fans and the way they they think about the sport and the reasons they care for the sport and things. It's it's a it's a very it's a very illuminating time. I think I think I, I was listening to um to Dave Meltzer's well, what, podcast. What surprised you, or what what surprised you? Nothing really surprised me. Uh, about what? About in yeah. What what's been illuminated to you? Like, like what what? I, I like I know we talked about it last week, but I just think like the the ability for people to from from uh, in in MMA in MMA media, I think the ability for people to like change around and do produce stuff from home. Like it's it's pretty easy to produce stuff from home if you you know give it an hour or ring up me and and ask me to do it. I'm I'm willing to help anyone, no problem. But like everyone's doing these Instagram live things, I'm like, why are you doing it? <laughs> why are you doing that? Like, there's much better and easier ways of doing it. Where you'll like, you can produce from your house if you have a webcam and a microphone. You can produce content as as good as people in a studio. Like, there there will be no difference if you have a phone and you have a microphone to stick into it. You can buy an adapter cable for one fifty. Uh, and you okay microphone's gonna cost you a bit but you can plug that microphone into it and make do interviews or well not do interviews but you can record yourself as good as that like phones these days are like really really good there's ways of over adapting and overcoming but like i think the way a lot of people are doing it just like it's it's 
not good, like <laughs> you know. And I think you need. For, the ability. Uh, yeah, well, the media. I think though, the MMA media and even other media, football media, soccer media, all that stuff. They're all they're all shite. Let's be honest. Like, not, most of them are, are not very good. I like, don't know what they're doing. So, I think we we've talked about this in the past about like you know uh, <laughs> the unprofessionalism in in sports media and MMA media particularly. So I don't find any of this that surprising. Like there's a few people still putting out good content and. The people who weren't putting out good content before still aren't putting out good content. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I suppose it's not surprising, but it's really shown it up. I suppose. I think the thing about the, the kind of MMA in general and fans, you know, I put up uh, and someone asked me to do it, to put up on this, the podcast um, Twitter a poll about should UFC 249 uh, um, go ahead. And we'll, we'll get into that in a while. I don't want to start talking about that. But like, I think there was like 60% said yes. And like... I don't know, is that more a worldwide thing with people not understanding the gravity of the situation? But, like, I, I've always railed against this, you know, this hashtag MMA fans thing where people just, like, say MMA fans are absolutely shit. Uh, I, I don't believe that. Like, I think most MMA fans are actually, like, really good. You'll always have the fucking pricks around. But, like, 60% of people listening to the podcast wanted to go ahead. And I understand, like, there's nobody in this world. Well, nobody wanted to go ahead. Like, is that, like, kind of... You know, hopefully it'll all be sorted and it'll be safe to go ahead, or they want it to go ahead regardless. Like, I think if you're if you're of the the uh, the farmer view there, I think you're just kidding with yourself. To be honest, I, I really do. I don't know how anyone could have that view right now. It's just, it, you know, you're, you're, we're not going to get out of this in twenty two days time, like or twenty one days, or whatever it is now. There's just no way. Like, it's just it's not happening. It's only going to get worse and. Can- can we safely say that the, the curse of Habib versus Tony has caused all this? Yeah, I think we can. It's either Liverpool <laughs> or Tony and Habib. It's, it's one of them. I, I really don't know. My boy, uh, my boy Jake's bitch. You know, uh, I don't know. You, I don't think you've met Jake, but he's like he's a um, a journalist. He's really really good. Fighting talks his podcast and his YouTube channel. But he uh, he's from Newcastle upon Tyne. Is it right? Yeah, the tune. And he comes over like for all the Cal Elnor fights and all the other Newcastle lads. And you know, he, <laughs> he came to Dublin for the, the two times it was cancelled. And now he's like down in London for the this one. And it's probably going to be cancelled again like in a few weeks' time. I blame him. Every he, he, he booked into the Gibson for like five nights. And like, if anyone knows how expensive the fucking Gibson is, and it just got cancelled, he was just sitting there with, like nothing to do for, for all fucking weeks. So him as well. Him, Liverpool. Habib versus Tony, it's it's yeah, it's all their fault. We did call that something crazy would happen to to <laughs> stop Habib and Tony. We we, we saw this coming. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> How could you not see it coming? <laughs> all that all those prayers from all those Man United fans, uh, any way to stop Liverpool uh, winning the league as well? Yeah, that could have been a, a factor. Yeah, like <laughs> we blame Man United fans and Habib versus Tony. No, it's that little young lad from like Donegal or whatever he is. Remember he wrote Man the Jordan Clough. Yeah. yeah, he wrote the Jordan Clough. Legend. Fair yeah. bet. He, he's got a. I think his uh, his father or his mother might have wrote that letter. Nah, ah, uh, no, he was on like the late late show. He seemed like a smart enough old young lad. I believe he wrote it. I think, nah, he, uh, I think he's good. I think he's good. Uh, come here, I want to talk about something. Because I, I did the rewatch this week, Liz Carmouche versus Ronda Rousey. And uh, I kind of got just talking shy Bite about gate. it. What you say? Bitegate. Bitegate. Oh, yeah, it is Bitegate. I, I mentioned that on the podcast. But, like, I said I wanted to start on a topic maybe other people weren't talking about. So maybe just a few minutes talking about Ronda Rousey. Like, and I, I know I've mentioned it before, but I don't think we've ever kind of talked about it as a topic. But, like, I really think... 
because because of the the quick downfall of Ronda and because of maybe her attitude to that downfall, I don't think people appreciate what she was or how good she was for her era. Okay, I'm not saying like right now Ronda Rousey against the best women in the world, she's probably getting destroyed by not not a lot of them, but uh, a good few of them, a lot more than <clears throat> than she was back in her day. But I think we still have to appreciate her for how good she was in her day, like. I, I was listening, I uh, talking about Dave Meltzer, but I was listening to him again, and he, he was talking about the, how the history of MMA, we don't really appreciate our history uh, as much as, as, say, wrestling. He was talking about when people look back at, like, Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan and appreciate how good they were for yeah. that era. Like, I you don't, think, though, it's, it's yeah. WWE do a much better job of, like, you know, talking to them, talk, say, legend, legend, legend all the time and showing packages and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all the, like, what's it what's it, the hall of fame ceremony yeah. i think is a big it's a big day and it's like a big thing and it just kind of adds more prestige to it and the ufc hall of fame is just like oh some guy on twitter there's like on twitter it goes there oh some guy got inducted into the this wing of the ufc hall of fame or whatever and everybody's mm-hmm. like oh whatever yeah I, I agree like randa's in the hall of fame i'm pretty sure <laughs> you know you just go up on the stage and get a jacket and that's it it doesn't maybe because it's so recent as well you know yeah. the, the history is like what 25 30 mm-hmm. 25 years <laughs> so it's not very long like but uh, i think maybe maybe a bigger thing is that like say like chuck liddell he's someone now who should be really lauded as like a legend of mma a great fighter for his era you know was the champion did everything that needed to be done in in the sport but like chuck liddell fought like what 12 months ago or something like that i think that's a big issue as well like loads of people even maybe randy couture is a bad example because he you know, well, he legacies legacies get completely ruined uh people say oh this won't damage his legacy everybody will always remember the champion he was or whatever but mm-hmm. you take bj pan for an example like like a lot of fans don't remember yeah. <laughs> or weren't around for when bj pan was actually dominant so they, they just see him as this guy who always gets beaten and gets beaten badly and everybody's sad do you think the you know, problem is that's the little... memory that's the lasting memory if, if there's one fight where you get knocked out you say oh he got caught or whatever or yeah. uh, he was too old but if you do it again and again and again and again and people just that's what they remember you uh boy i wonder is it like okay you you made a great point that the sport is still young so to have a, an, a legacy in 25 years or like to to be looking back at someone's career when the sport is only 25 years old is you know chuck Liddell only retired a few months ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> did he even retire i don't know like he probably, he's probably still fighting but like I, I think you can combine those things it's only 25 years old and we don't really have that much time to reflect on people who have retired because almost no one's re- like fucking high school he fought about three years ago in Bellator remember that like no everyone's still fighting and the fact that High Gracie fought like three years ago and Chuck Liddell fought a year ago no, nobody like gives us time to view them as legends at times as well like i know we we joke about cole conrad but he's someone we can look back at like he had this career and that's where he is and we can appreciate that career for what it is even randy couture a little bit now when i think about it he's gone you know he's retired i don't think he's ever going to fight again he's kind of a special case he's kind of been written out of ufc history by that's another problem as well because he went bottom the court and because he kind of made it difficult for them and um challenge their business model and all that stuff and you know dana dana's known <laughs> known to hold the grudge mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. yeah and i i think that's another huge issue that, like you could say the same about uh frank shamrock i know he was a little bit before our our era um, and even even like people like tito and other guys who go to bellator afterwards yeah. i don't think dana likes that very much you know especially when they're still a draw yeah it's it's interesting i suppose maybe it's something that could adjust like maybe you know i mentioned dave Meltzer, and he does the his own hall of fame and you know i think those guys in his hall of fame are judged way higher 
than the Hall of Fame for WWE because it's basically who Vince McMahon wants on a Tuesday gets in. Like, maybe the media need to do it. And I, I don't know if the MMA J is starting Hall of Fame. I don't know if that's even fucking still going. But, I, I like, I think if the media got one where someone like an Ariel or a Bin Fox or someone high up is like, here, I'm going to start this Hall of Fame. I'm going to pick out 70 journalists and they're all going to have a vote each year. We're going to induct 10 people to start off with and then we'll induct two people per year you know uh, onwards and you have to have been like you know you have to be been retired for five years you have to have over like 10 years at the time make make rules in, uh, on it retired and, for five years there's nobody left <laughs> nobody fucking call conrad <laughs> hall of fame that's it i was thinking about like yeah. an, an irish mma hall of fame as well i feel like it's something we could do there's probably a lot of work in it but i, I feel like it's it's something that'd be pretty cool i think like if we did it it's, in got it's, it's, it's in such, such an early stage as well like yeah. you know it's, the rules well, would have to be different there, like, because, like, how could you yeah. start an Irish MMA Hall of Fame? Like, if you were to start, retired. yeah, you couldn't do that. Like, if you were to start it with five people, you'd have to, obviously, Conor McGregor would have to be number one. But, like, and you're not just doing fighters as well. I think you could do other people. Like, Conor McGregor, you'd have to put John Kavanagh, Andy Ryan, um, what's his name up the north? His name always escapes me. Fucking Norman Hart, Scott Rodney Moore, yeah. You'd have to put him in as well. And one more, who would the other one be? There's probably someone, like, really obvious that I'm missing out now, but... I don't know. Who else would you put? Graham McDonald. Um, there you go. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's just going to, if, for example, you or we were to start something like that, it, it's going to be even worse than the ranking situation where people uh, are just complaining and it's just a nightmare. And uh, <laughs> just sounds like, sounds like a, you, you wouldn't believe the amount of hassle those rankings. <laughs> probably, yeah, I know. But if you did it like a vote and you got like 10 journalists or 10 people in, not just journalists, you could get people from one representative for each gym or something to vote, but that's no good either because you know who they're going to vote for. But. Yeah, but like uh, the thing about it is, if you put like five people in to start with, and then you did one a year, you'd get the likes of you know Ashton Daly and Siri and Pindred and all them coming in. Like there is a good few there that probably deserve to be in the Irish MMA Hall of Fame. That you could definitely have one a year for at least ten years before you started getting into like, oh, should that person be in it? Like I think, but anyway, maybe not. Who knows? Uh, right, Ronda. Yeah, but before we move on from Ronda, like, do you think that as well? Do you? I mean, I don't know. Have I a soft spot for Ronda? Because whenever I hear anyone else talking about Ronda, she never really seems to get any, you know, maybe not respect, but she doesn't get the. I think, the I, think she deserves. I, I think um her, she was like loved by the media and the fans, and then um some of the fans turned on her about the Misha Tate stuff. They didn't like the way she behaved on on tough, or the Ultimate Fighter especially, and then not shaking hands afterwards. And then when she came back, she kind of shunned ninety nine percent of the media. She only kind of gave interviews to people she thought had like you know gone out of their way to help her. Or mm-hmm. Kind of people media are kind of petty like that. You know they they will remember that. Like they'll be your best friend if you give them content, and if you don't, they they turn on you pretty quickly. Yeah, I think that's definitely a factor factor at all like people love to build you up build you up and then kind of knock you down and laugh at you like she got laughed at a lot when she fell from grace mm-hmm. yeah she did i suppose but <sighs> the way you deal with it as well as i don't think she and i'm not sticking up for her dealing with it well at all but even the, like oh she's definitely a bad loser like oh, even yeah. like her talking about when she's doing judo and she tells stories about her herself just being a terrible loser and yeah you know that that was no secret but I think we need to separate the person as well. For and we can't always do that. And if it's something like, like say, a war machine, and we can't separate that fucking prick from, you know, him being a fighter. But for someone like Randall, she, she never did anything that bad. Like realistically, okay, she was a bad loser, or whatever. But I think people 
struggle separating that. I really think they do. Like, we can still appreciate Ronda Rousey going out there fucking submitting people in seven seconds and knocking people out with knees to the body and and K-O boosting the sport and, and getting other people sport, who yeah. wouldn't have no interest before in in MMA or UFC uh, watching it because of Ronda Rousey and Ronda Rousey had uh, the ability to go on like. Uh, popular shows that yeah. like we didn't want other fighters even other male fighters maybe they want connor and, the, and that's it yeah. they don't want john jones they don't want uh yeah they don't want habib they want ronda or connor and that was the situation for a couple of years there and that's rare like you know uh what was the show ellen DeGeneres and stuff yeah. like that like that's that has a big reach and gets other people interested and um ronda was good at doing those shows like she she didn't she kind of knew what to say like not to be the kind of fight mode Ronda in, yeah. in those shows but to, to not be too nice as well and she came across as like a, a kind of role model for a lot of people and uh, obviously when you're when you're when you're on top people can't wait to see a fall and then when she lost spectacularly and I don't think it helped with her with her coach Edmund and all like yeah. um, you know that stuff didn't help and uh, just a lot of it around it didn't, people didn't react well to her losing but you know that's that's that happens a lot in sport and I, I, I wouldn't kind of include that if I'm looking at somebody's legacy I wouldn't include the reaction to a loss or them not doing media or whatever or them being a bitch to somebody on the ultimate fighter or whatever that wouldn't factor in for me yeah I, but I, it does I, for a lot of people like yeah, you were saying yeah it does yeah but I think there needs to be a separation so like and we're leaving on this maybe what she did for women's sport and women's MMA and in WWE as well when she went there and even before that they started all like this women's evolution because of Ronda Rousey and you know you wouldn't have people like Becky Lynch you know Limerick's own doing really well there you wouldn't have Amanda Nunes today where she is or you know Chris Cyborg well, you know being as big a star as she has become today or you probably wouldn't have the likes of you know Liam McCourt coming up Cyborg in Ireland or possibly anyway never would have even been in the UFC yeah. uh, if Ronda wasn't there if that potential matchup wasn't so talked about and and craved so you know there was a lot of kind of problems between the UFC Dana and Cyborg but it kind of got Cyborg got brought in uh, with a view to a Ronda matchup in my opinion so maybe that wouldn't have happened and Cyborg would have just never actually made it to the UFC yeah 100% I totally agree and that would have been a shame as well we would have never seen that brilliant like I don't know why but that Cyborg Nunes fight is I really have a soft spot for that I absolutely love that fight and if we'd never seen that, it would have been a shame. But yeah, how whenever I, I really, I, uh, I think we need to. You know, it's not like it's not like Ronda Rousey like failed a steroid or drug test no, or anything. Yeah. You know, people people do worse things like cheating, and drunk driving. Bad. Yeah, you know, we can move on to John Jones as well. Like you know, yeah. you know the many things he's done. People kind of just uh, expect it now. Like when it, when that that one happened the other day, I just like oh yeah, well. You know, it's the end of the world, but John Jones is still John Jones. Yeah, I, I read uh, Dave Doyle did a great article. <laughs> He's like, for a second there on, uh, what was it, Thursday or whatever day it was, it's like, we had a speck of normality. I was like, yeah, we did. It was funny because, like, I, I saw the news coming up, and, like, Andy Stevenson got onto me. He's like, well, I write an article. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's new. Yeah, you better. It's <laughs> like, I didn't even register. And then I saw, like, an hour later, someone saying, will John Jones get stripped of his title? And I saw someone put a bet nod, and it was, like, huge favor that he would be stripped. I was like, really? He definitely I, I, shouldn't I, shouldn't be stripped. I, I, we can get into that in a second, but like, if most people did this, like, they probably would be. <laughs> they probably would be stripped. But with John Jones, I did literally did not have a second thought about. It. I was like, all right, it was just John Jones. Let's let's move on. And it wasn't. I didn't even think about it anymore. Like, it's weird that he is. 
uh, and it's funny because I, I looked it up on Twitter. If you if you search uh, John John Jones Dana White last chance, I looked it up and Dana White said this is John Jones last chance in two thousand fifteen. Did not say like three or four years ago, John Jones, you can't trust him. We'll never put him in the main event again. Yeah, and all he this did. Stuff yeah. And, yeah, he did. Five you know, years ago, on, he said like, it was his last chance, and this is John Jones doing it again. Like, it's, uh, I don't know. Like. The thing about John Jones, uh, every time something happens with John Jones, people make excuses for him, I think, a little bit. They say, oh, he obviously has, you know, addiction problems or mental health problems or something like that. And maybe he does. No one knows what's going on in, in someone's head. But, like, I don't know, has John Jones ever shown signs that? Like, whenever he, whenever something bad happens, he feels, like, really bad about it. And he comes out and he's, like, apologetic and everything. But then, like, you give it two months for it to blow over and he's, like, laughing about it. And he's, you know, making jokes. And he's, like, being cocky about it as if it, he doesn't even care about it. Like... And I don't know—is that the sign of well, something that struggling could, with it? Yeah, that could be persona as well. Like maybe deep down he he thinks differently, but he just says that. But you also got to say that like he is like innocent until proven guilty and all that stuff. And uh, you know, this could just—you know—I don't know. I think one of them is like a a felony, is it? The well, you the uh, like how much more aggravated DWI? <laughs> but I think yeah. was there this—I didn't see it in the video, but apparently it was a somebody shot a gun and. Uh, well, there was no gun shooting in the video, yeah, but I don't know what the the crack with that was. But like, yeah. so I don't know if that will cause a lot of trouble or not. Like, I don't know, yeah. but uh, if it's just a DWI, I think he got off lightly the last two times, so maybe it won't lead to any kind of jail time or anything. Maybe some kind of last chance or something like that. But it, it, like, unless he ends up doing jail time, like, I don't see it affecting his UFC career too much yeah at all. on the incident itself like I'm I'm not sure I was talking to a few lads from America and they were saying like oh people driving around shooting guns at signs and stuff is not a big thing in America it just happens all the time I'm like that's a that's, <laughs> America that's a complete culture shock for me like I couldn't believe that I was like alright so it's actually like Breaking Bad is it and like fucking Jesse Pinkman driving around fucking shooting stop signs and stuff like, alright okay fair and it's Albuquerque as well funnily enough but yeah it's I don't know driving drunk like there's no excuse for driving drunk like I, I really just think John Jones is a shithead I don't think he has these big underlying issues at all now maybe I'm wrong you, you don't know but I, I just think like John Jones doesn't give a fuck he will have four or five drinks and then go out and drive his car like he just will he just will and it's been shown down through the years that that will happen and he's he's done it over and over and over and I you can't make excuses in America for like it's that. kind of a it's more like accepted that people will drink and drive as well really? though. I shouldn't be it's That's not like in crazy. Ireland yeah it's not like in Ireland I think it's more like in Ireland like 50 years ago mm-hmm. where like ah, I'm, I'm local I'm just down the road I'll, I'll drive it's it's definitely more or in Kerry now <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely yeah, exactly. It's definitely yeah. more like socially like not frowned upon, more socially acceptable. Like over here, it's it's really kind of frowned upon, uh, as well as like highly illegal. Yeah. But uh, in America, obviously, it is illegal. But like they'll give you like a few warnings or a few fines and things first. And over over here, it's obviously a lot more ser- more serious. So maybe that's part of it. But when you're John Jones and you've already been in all this trouble. It's just like, what are you doing, man? What yeah. are you doing? Like, why, why are you doing this again? Like, yeah. um, I, I like think he, he he was saying in the in yeah. the did you watch the body cam footage? Yeah, I did. Yeah, he was saying like, oh, my, like they were asking him to do like um, the sobriety test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, in fairness, like he like it was kind of hard to understand what the officer wanted. I him didn't to have do a, yeah, I didn't have a clue what he was saying. Yeah. I was yeah. like, what? what? <laughs> Any questions? I was like, I, I don't know what's going on. Here. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But um. But um, I've lost my train of thought there. Oh yeah, John Jones he said, well. um, yeah. he said, you know, he did it okay. I thought, and then um, 
but he kept saying things like uh, strange things like uh, oh uh, I have really bad short term memory and stuff and he said uh, oh he, he was trying to do the alphabet backwards I think it was or and he's like, oh, and he's like, oh, my daughter is dyslexic and stuff. He just said strange things like that. Like, it was just really kind of odd. Like, he was kind of like, uh, I don't know, he can't control where it was, his mind's wandering all the time. Yeah, there's no way I could do the alphabet backwards. But, uh, like, the, the video, to me, wasn't that shocking to me. I didn't think he was that drunk or anything. But, like, it was probably, he he obviously had a few drinks in him or whatever. But it wasn't, like, the shocking video where he's, like, falling out of his car or anything like that. I, I didn't think it was... Like that bad watching the video. I know some people are like, "Oh, this is sad." The last few minutes of that is so sad, and everything was like, yeah, "I didn't think so." I thought it was just like a lad who had a few drinks and was an absolute idiot and trying to warm his way out of it, like he always tries to warm his way out of everything. I yeah. thought it was just and they kind of, they, the cops yeah. kind of gave him a chance to like get, yeah, yeah. warm his way out of it. They were like, "So you were you were driving earlier, or you were going to drive now, or whatever." And he mm-hmm. was, and he, but he just kind of didn't know what to say. Yeah, but he could have been like, "Oh yeah, no, I was just getting something from my car." Something, you know, he could have kind of. They gave him a chance to kind of worm his way out of it, but he just kind of wasn't on the ball. Yeah, hundred percent. Did uh, I think Patrick is the one who said it? I, I, he was actually giving out to me for stealing stuff. He said, but so I'm I'm giving him credit for this. Do you think like the fact we're in the middle of a pandemic will actually be- benefit John Jones a little bit? That people, I, I think already people haven't made as big a story out of it as it probably would be normally. Do you think the fact we're stuck in the middle of I a think pandemic? It's probably partly that, but it's also uh, John Jones gonna gonna John Jones. Yeah, it's kind of old news. It's fucked up, like, because he's done so many bad things that we're just kind of expecting it, and it's not a shock anymore. <laughs> it's, it's, it's mad how these things fucking happen. It's like, I don't think anyone, like, McGregor like, doing lots know, of bad example, things. For like, example, this is probably in my, in my mind, because I watched the Maradona documentary there recently, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, Maradona with a big bag of coke beside him. Like, the first time everybody was all over, and now it's just like, oh, there we go again. Yeah. You know, it's, like, not news anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is, and that's fucking, that's a sad situation. Like, the, the problem as well is, you know, and I, I when I interviewed Conor McGregor, I asked him about that, like having lots of like yes men alongside you and stuff. And, you know, he obviously disagreed baloney, with that. Baloney. Baloney, a lot of baloney, but like. Shiny baloney. I think that's pretty obvious for John Jones anyway. And like, I, how is it not, you know, how does it not happen for someone, you know, uh, when you've allowed to walk around with a, with a microphone alongside you for five years and you're, are your Mike Tyson, you know, and you're, uh, you've loads of hangers on with you for years and years and years. Like, how and you're so rich, and you're probably well, coming you, from an area you, so you, poor. You, you get away with everything, you know. Yeah. You've got away with everything your whole life. Everything has come e- easier than than it has for a lot of people, or than it comes to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You kind of like, you know, you're you're just you're, you're you kind of got a hot hand or whatever, you know. As they say in America, like you're on a yeah. streak. You just everything's going correct. Like everything's going right. Everything you do seems to, even when you do bad things, you seem to just get away with it. You Teflon know? John, yeah. You know, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Nothing, nothing seems like out of bounds. Like you know, uh, why wouldn't he think he probably will get away with this? You know, why would why, like yeah, he probably will get away with it. But the the punishment isn't isn't that severe and probably won't affect him that much. So probably he thinks he chances are he'll get away with it without even being caught and if he does get caught he'll probably get away with it anyway yeah it's funny because i think we really have to look at this from the mma specter more than anything else like if if this was mo salah right well maybe not mo salah he's a bad example but let's say uh, uh, uh i don't know firmino right playing for for liverpool one of the one of the best players in the in the league for the last few years you know one of the best players in the world really really good player like if he did this like drunk driving like three or four times uh taking fucking cocaine failing drugs tests getting picograms pulsing up them all the time hitting yeah. pregnant women do you think he'd still be playing for liverpool like do you think he'd still no be- well if you look at if you look at sacco he like basically took some some like 
diet tablets or something and mm. they were actually not illegal but he got flagged wrongly by like USADA or whatever mm-hmm. and okay. it ended up yeah whatever and it ended up taking months to sort out and he basically never really got back into the team and then was sold <laughs> he was and, good know, too was, I like that and I think I heard at the time oh he like turned up to like some like uh, video video study session mm-hmm. and uh, uh, that was basically alright you're, you're done like yeah. you know so it's a lot more strict and a lot more professional in, <laughs> in soccer especially at like the top level of Liverpool yeah but maybe you could say like okay Sacco I really liked him I think he was a good player but he wasn't like a top top player but I think even with top, like even like remember Mutu the time Chelsea bought him and when they bought him they bought him for like fucking you know one of, uh, not a world record fee but not 17 not, million I think or something. Yeah, but it was 17. a big fee for that time and he failed uh, a cocaine test and they like made him pay out his contract and got rid of him and everything like and immediately for one incident and like I think everyone thought that was maybe a little bit harsh but I think like if you look at it from like the soccer specter maybe American America's a little bit different where the NFL you can take a fucking bit of cocaine and stuff and you'd be grand but like <clears throat> I really I think when you look at it from <laughs> from an MMA bubble over us, it's like, oh yeah, it's not going not gonna to happen. Like, I, I, it's it's weird because we just we see this an awful lot, and it's okay, it's a different sport, and obviously when the sport is and the UFC is run by Dana White, who cares about nothing but money, which we'll get to shortly talking about UFC two three nine, but the fact that John Jones is one of his biggest draws. John Jones can do what he wants basically and get away with it and keep coming back and coming back and coming back. Like if this was any other sport, there'd be no question right now about yeah. him getting stripped of a title. I'd be, be interested, I'd be interested yeah. to see though what his, Jones's numbers have been on ESPN. Like against kind of <laughs> guys that okay, we we kind of said before that Dominic Reyes had a good chance, but uh, obviously uh, John Jones is kind of seen by us and by the fans kind of more as oh he's definitely going to win. Uh, yeah all the time especially when uh, an, a casual fan hasn't really heard or has only briefly heard of or not heard at all of the opponent mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm wondering <laughs> how valuable is john jones to the ufc is he as valuable as when as when the ufc pay-per-views were on the normal direct tv or whatever it is uh, format rather than this espn plus it, like maybe the ufc at some stage maybe not this time but at some stage we'll have enough of John Jones and just be like fuck this you're yeah. taking the belt away and we're, we're until you go a year or two or whatever it is without fucking doing anything stupid then we're not giving you any kind of title shot or main event or anything like that yeah and another point as well to, to go, go on with that maybe to transition us then, over you know, somebody will get injured and yeah. you know a card will need a fight and he'll be fucking headline on the card yeah. you know you know how it goes 100%. <laughs> like I think maybe the transition us to UFC 239 but connecting with that as well and I'll, I'll mention him again Dave Melter said it for and I mentioned it before in the podcast that do you have a deal with ESPN now according to, to Dave's reports that if oh, no matter what they do no matter what numbers they draw ESPN are paying them for 500,000 draws so like that's their guaranteed number, you know the the equivalent of what five hundred thousand draws would uh, buys would have been uh, two years ago, or a year ago, or whatever it was. So that's what they're getting paid, no matter if they do fifty thousand or maybe if they do more, they'll get more. But that's their guarantee. So I think someone like John Jones, who would have been drawn that's around that, mental. Yeah, <laughs> who would have been like say John Jones against Dominic Reyes? How much would it have drawn? Like in normally, it might have drawn higher ballpark let's say 800,000 as a high watermark for a John Jones Reyes fight on ESPN plus it's probably drawn less than a lot less than 500,000 I would say you know when it's a a person as you said most people think he's not gonna uh, not gonna uh, have much trouble with so 
that's another probably a reason why John Jones is not as important to them, but I still don't think he's going to ship him. But it's another reason as well, if we transition to UFC 239, why they are mad to do this card. Why they want to do this card no matter what, even though there's a fucking worldwide pandemic going on and they could cause a lot of trouble. They want that 500,000 buy money. And okay, Habib versus Tony might do a lot more. But I think uh, from from what I've heard, it's actually like kind of, I, I have nothing to back this up, I just heard it, but uh, Endeavor basically are kind of laying off people and kind of yeah. in a bad way themselves. Obviously, a lot of companies are, but um, the UFC is like kind of the one kind of bright light doing well mm. in Endeavor. So they kind of need it to, to, be, <laughs> to keep going. So maybe it's kind of coming from above Dana. Maybe it's not a, a Dana thing. Maybe Dana's just kind of following orders. Yeah, well, he was asked about that then on, on his uh, Instagram or whatever. He's like, no, I've no boss. It's all down to me. So he's taking on himself. I don't, obviously, Dana tells a lot yeah, of lies. Don't believe his lies. Uh, Endeavor's other things have shut down, though. Like, they're, I know they're losing lots of money and they're losing in other ways as well. But, like, this is not, this is a situation where we're out of the realms of, you know, a shady business or, like, shitty, maybe not shady, shitty business. We're completely away from that. Like, <laughs> we're in the middle of a worldwide fucking pandemic here america is now the biggest country in the world with more numbers than, than china or italy or anywhere and where is that going to be in three weeks time again like like i think i think the big issue is like traveling how, how are people are going to get there how are they going to come back and everything like that like are they going to spend two weeks in quarantine when they get there and two weeks in quarantine when they come back like there's only three weeks away so they want to be gone like the thing where's it going to happen okay a lot of people are talking about florida you know the dubai abu dhabi uh you know shanghai i think is another option as well they have the ufc pi over there and it's it's kind of um for, for example if, if habib hmm. flies to, to abu dhabi can he can he get back into america i don't know probably don't not know. I saw I someone, someone said yesterday that Habib was in Dubai. I don't know, maybe check his Instagram and see if, if that's true. But, like, he, Habib went back to Russia. And then he, I, I definitely saw him on his Instagram as well the, the other day traveling somewhere. So, like, Habib has gone around everywhere. Like, it, it, that, in, that in itself is very fucking dangerous. Like, Habib was in America. He's gone to Russia. He's, if he's, let's say he's gone to Dubai. And let's say they do the fight in fucking Florida and he's able to get in. Like, how many people has Habib met in that time? Like, we're trying to stop the fucking spread of this thing here. We're trying to stay in our homes. And Habib's going around to fucking four countries. And it's not just Habib. You know, fucking Tony Ferguson might have to fly to a country. Or Jack Ray might be coming in from Brazil. Or, you know, if he's in America, gone somewhere else. As well. Like, it's, it's craziness. And, and are, are, Like, are these guys on private jets? Or are they sitting on planes with 200 other people? I, I'd say they're just sitting on planes. Like, I, I, I doubt they're going to get everyone a fucking private jet. Like, and there's no card there now either as well. Dana White said, like, the card is not going to happen as it as it happened. Francis Ngannou versus um, Jarzinho Rosenstruck is wanting to be on that card as well. Like, we don't even know where it's happening. <laughs> it's just... It's, it's... Like, we shouldn't even be talking about these things. They're just absolutely zero fucking argument that this should be going on we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic let's say right we're at the peak of it now and there's a card in three weeks time we could say look at least it's gonna go down and the numbers are gonna be going down and maybe by the time three weeks comes we can do it behind closed doors we'll try to keep everyone safe we'll put them all in one thing we'll get them all tests and everything but not now <laughs> now is in is the time we all need to be inside staying away from everyone else we don't need to be grappling with a man in a cage and have a referee touching us and have people 
people putting Vaseline on our eyes and going to an airport and going to a fucking TSA agent and meeting fucking 5,000 people inside an airport and then flying on a plane with another 300 people or even if you're on a private jet with fucking 30 people getting home. We do not need that right now. That's what we don't need. I I don't know. It, it, that feels like it's something that doesn't shouldn't even need to be said like should it yeah well Ireland the Irish uh, Taoiseach just announced last night from from midnight last night that it's basically a kind of lockdown where mm-hmm. in Ireland where the airports are actually still open which doesn't really make any sense but um, you can only if you're going to exercise you can only go kind of two kilometres from, from your house I yeah. think it's once a day is it yeah that's it yeah. Um, go to the shop for groceries or whatever or like a, a medical appointment or the chemist or things like that but you can't just be you know strolling around having the cracker or, you know uh, you need, it's basically it's 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 uh, if the airport if the the airport's probably the next thing next thing to go but i suppose that's there's a lot of problems that causes for uh, for for people but it, this this is meant to last for 2 weeks Mm-hmm. Shutting the airport for two weeks. I don't know how much damage that would do, but it kind of seems like it probably needs to happen. Yeah. You know, you can, if you're if you're locking everybody down for two weeks, but you're still letting people in from other countries, uh, it just doesn't really make much sense. So yeah, there's a lot of problems with with, with the kind of the quarantine and the lockdown, but it it shows how how serious this should be taken. That that governments like Irish government and other governments are are. are putting these measures in mm-hmm, 100% and like the fact that then, these decisions aren't, aren't made lightly like you know yeah. at all and like the fact that we're talking about countries doing it like th- these decisions are going to bring the countries to their knees economically socially everything but it needs to be done because you can Dana White said uh, you can't hide from this it's like you literally cannot hide from it that's how you get away from it you hide from it you stay away from it it's it takes two weeks. Sadly, you'll either die or you'll get better from it. And if we all give it that two weeks and stay away from it, okay, it's still going to be around. It's still going to linger in some places, but it's going to vastly, uh, vastly dissipate the amount of people and like the strain in our beds. Everyone has heard it all before, but like, there's that's way more important to do that than to have a fight. And like, there's nobody listening to this. Nobody in the world loves fucking MMA and loves sport as much as I do. I fucking live for it. I spend fucking <laughs> 10 years of my life getting paid nothing so I can fucking cover MMA. Nobody has put more fucking uh, shitness into it <laughs> than I have. And I still don't want it to go on. Like, it's... And people say, oh, if the car goes on, you'll still cover it. I'm like, what? Oh, I don't... Under- I really, really don't understand why people would say we shouldn't cover it. Like... Should we just ignore it and act like it's not happening and just let the UFC get away with it? Like, should we just completely do that? Like, the fact that I'm saying this now three weeks well, before. I think people it, shouldn't shouldn't go physically and cover it. Oh, well, media, yeah. They which wouldn't we be allowed won't. anyway. Yeah, they wouldn't be allowed. But, yeah, like, but for example, if the UFC were like, if Dana was like, yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah. 10 100%. media, they, they shouldn't. Oh, like, be careful. Like, you know, even if you're a fit and healthy person, like, from, for, from what, what I've read or what I've heard, if you're like a fit and healthy person with no kind of underlying issues and uh, of like a, a young age, It'll, you'll probably you nearly definitely be fine, but you mm-hmm. could, you could. You know, footballers come in and said, "Oh, I've I've had the, I've had this. I've tested positive. I felt absolutely nothing, and now I'm clear." So uh, basically, they they didn't know they had it. So you you could have it, not know, go see your granny or go see your exactly. your parent or somebody with asthma and give them it, and they could have some serious repercussions. There could be some serious 
if not deadly repercussions from yeah. uh, from and, that. And it's rare as well, but young people are starting to die now. A 17-year-old completely healthy, fit person died there yesterday. It wasn't in England or somewhere. Like You see there's loads and loads and loads of 20-year-olds, 24-year-olds uh, around the world dying from it as well. So it's not... You know, okay, the, the chances if you're a 25-year-old listening to this and you're a fucking do BJJ five times a week, you're probably not going to die from it. But you could, like... You could. You see, um, you know, Roman Reigns, the wrestler, he had leukemia before. Now that he's pulled himself off of that that pulled himself off he's t- taken himself off of wrestlemania because um because he's leukemia and it's obviously an autoimmune thing so if he gets it he could literally die like one of the fucking fittest people in the world like pa- paulo diabala the juventus player said that uh, he got it and he said the symptoms were pretty uh pretty mild maybe not pretty mild but he had a, a cough and like a chest infection or whatever for a few days and then he went to train and he couldn't do anything like he was and that you know, one of the, another one of the, the fittest people in the world. Like, apparently, and I'm no doctor here or anything, and needless to say, but apparently, like, really messes with your lung capacity and stuff. And obviously, we're we're very early days, so we doesn't we don't know if that'll come back or whatever. But you know, it's not good for you. It really is not good for you. And uh, you made a great point there. It's not just if you don't get it um, badly, or if you don't even know you get it. It's spreading it to other people, and that's the thing as well about these fighters. Even if they are tested, right? Uh, let, let's say Habib right goes over and he gets tested, uh, and he doesn't have it, and he goes in, and Tony gets tested, and he doesn't have it either, and they go in and they fight. Like, what's to say they don't go out, and you know the security guard is there, and uh, you know on the on the way out on the door, and goes, oh well done or whatever, and uh, aerosol comes up, and then they get it. And then they give it to all their team in the hotel. And then they give it to the fucking people in the in the airports on the way home or all the people in the private jet if they're on that on the way home. Like, it's... it's, uh, it's uh, Okay, the chances might be small or whatever, but it's uh, a small thing. One person doing it, like, goes to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And that's what we really, really, really need to stop. And MMA is not that important. Are they, they going to make Habib... You know, Habib cuts a lot of fucking weight. Yeah, are they going to make Habib... And Tony cut a lot of weight, damage their not damage, but like lower their yeah. defenses like by draining their body completely. Like they're, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a doctor or scientist, obviously, but uh, I'm sure it's not good for your immune system to to not eat properly, to drain your body of a shitload of water, if not nearly all water. That can't like that makes you surely makes you susceptible to. Um, to, to to sickness like you, you hear guys getting sick during their weight cut just normally when there's not this kind of virus going around yeah 100 percent. like and the, the problem with that is well let, let's say you know jack race was fight uriah hall on, on this card you can easily move that to to light everywhere you know say look lads don't cut anyway fight at 205 i think both would probably be happy enough to do that you can't do that with habib versus tony because it's a title fight but you can't you can't well, can you, you can just say fuck it where do you see we do what we want this is for the for the belt, but it's that one seventy. Mm, they're not going to do People that. People are going to be like, "Ah, oh, this isn't legit." But they could, you know. It, it would be the smart thing to do if they were to to go ahead with the yeah. event. I, I agree. I think they should do that. But like I, people I aren't going to be like, "Ah, oh, Tony beat Habib," but if Tony were was to beat Habib, oh, he only beat him because it was at one seventy or something, yeah. you know. Uh, I'd love to see that, but I, I'd love to see it not happening. But if it did happen, I'd love to see that happening. But yeah, I, I doubt it. Know. But it's 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 like you know it's. The UFC could do it, no problem. Yeah, it is. Uh, right, let's, uh, you know, a couple more things to talk about here. Just, just a quick thing here. Uh, just see ATT of outlawed tra- trash talking. I was like, this is the most American thing of all time. Like, imagine if that happened in a gym in Ireland or anything in Ireland or, oh, you can't da- talk shit about your teammates. It's like, what? Imagine not being able to talk shit about your friends. Like, what What would you say? I, 
it's just the weirdest thing ever. And this obviously comes from Colby and, and Masvidal, where I like every time we seem to talk about Masvidal these days, it's like, oh, he's just completely jumped the shark. It's like, it's it's so weird. What what do you think of this uh, outlawing of uh, of trash talking yeah. from Colby Covington? Well, first of all, I love I love the phrase "jump the shark." It's brilliant. It's brilliant. The people don't know Fonzie and uh, Happy yeah. Days jumped literally jumped over a shark, uh, <laughs> so uh, they ran out of things to do on the show. So that was kind of means. Uh, That'll be us on the podcast in about three weeks. Yeah, that, that <laughs> happened years ago. Let's be honest. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, that's just that just sounds like it's definitely not going to work. Uh, no. Yeah, it's stupid. Makes no sense. Um, Michael Chandler is a free agent. I was always we threatened about talking about it last week, but not a free agent yet. He's one more fight, and then he becomes a free agent. He's fighting uh, Vincent Henderson, uh, if I'm not wrong. Like I know we talked about Chandler. I think the last time he signed his contract, which actually wasn't that long ago. Is he um, actually that valuable to anybody? Really, that, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I, I like I think he's more way more valuable to Bellator than he would be to the UFC. Like I don't think the UFC are going. How valuable do you think he is to Bellator? Like, uh, like who can he fight that that people will be up for? Like you know Eddie Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, that was that was great. The first fight it was brilliant. The second fight too. But since then, has there any been been any big uh, Mike Chandler fights? Iron Mike Chandler, Iron Michael Chandler. Uh, I don't know, but the thing about Bellator is, I think it's yeah, people still recognize. Like if he walks into Dave and Buster's, do people yeah, still recognize still him. Recognize <laughs> I think just kind of having names or like having this former champion on your books I'd, and and having him towards title fights, I think it's still good for him. Like, and I know they have like maybe his day has, and that's why I kind of brought it up to, to talk about that. Maybe his day has passed a little bit because they have you know bigger stars than him now. Even I think the Pitbulls, even with this thing with SBG, is making them a little bit bigger because people are kind of talking about him and they've kind of developed this this anti or uh, versus SBG thing and. It's uh, good for SPG lads as well, but you know, Benson Henderson came in, he was a champion in the UFC, and everyone else that just means more than being the champion in, in Bellator. And people, you know, look at you in a, in a different way. And you know, they have even up the higher up the weights, they have the Musasis who came over from the UFC and Rory McDonald. And I think Lima has come, become a bit of a star. So we've gone from a stage where, as you mentioned, Eddie Alvarez and Michael Chandler were, were the only stars in, in Bellator for, for a good while, but now we've lots more. So I don't think. Chandler is as valuable. I think he's still valuable to Bellator because he's still that that kind of known entity. Although he's not probably as known as maybe we we think of Michael Chandler ourselves. But like when Eddie Alvarez, well, he didn't become a free agent when he was going to the UFC. They, they were going to give him a lot of money to come over there. When Will Brooks was going to the UFC, even though he turned into uh, someone who didn't have a great time there, he, he I think he got a, a good bit of money to go there, uh, and and they wanted him, but. Would the UFC even want Michael Chandler? Like, I'd love to see him in the UFC. I think there's how much will they offer, him, especially after all of this, like you know, yeah. business shutting down and mm-hmm. people businesses losing money and stuff. Are they gonna be like, we need Mike Chandler? We need to we need to make sure we we pay this guy. Yeah, I, I find it. Him, I find you know? it very. Hard. I could mm-hmm. see him ended up at PFL or somewhere maybe because they seem to be giving lads a lot of money. Like they got Rory McDonald. They maybe they're in the stage where Bellator were a few years ago, where they need to like pay over the odds a little bit to get these fighters. Um, or you just go to one FC and fight Eddie Alvarez again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'd watch that. That'd be fun. But like, I'd be I'd be surprised if he didn't end up back at Bellator. He just seems like a lifer, you know. He just seems like a guy who's uh, who's always going to end up at Bellator. But who knows? But um, speaking of like lightweights who are in uh, in other organizations, did you see this week? I think it was um, James Lynch put up an article with, like the biggest the biggest washouts or whatever was in in UFC history. Gilbert Melendez, the only win of Gilbert Melendez's UFC career, or Giblert, as, as people like to call him, was the Diego Sanchez fight. Isn't that fucking mad? That's the only yeah. fight Gilbert ever won. I, that, 
hard to believe. Like he lost all his and he points. and he failed a drug test during the thing as well. So yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's been a terrible, <laughs> terrible run in the UFC for him. It was only weed though, wasn't it? Be grand. I, I don't think it was. I think it was some kind of testosterone thing, was wasn't it? it? Or did it not come out? Was that the one that didn't come out? I don't know. Maybe not. Who knows? Allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just beep apparently. over that. Yeah, apparently. Um, Owen Roddy said that he wants to see Conor McGregor uh, versus Justin Gaethje on July the 11th. Uh, like, I know I know for a fact they're all listening to my podcast because I was the one who said that long ago when everyone else was saying, nah, that's not the fight to happen. Everyone wants to see uh, him fight um, Masvidal or fight you know someone else. And I was the one come out and said, Justin Getty, just like I said this well, season. Well, there's, been, the there's been a lot of talk about it for a year, hasn't there? Nah, it was me. It was yeah, all I'm me. I'm pretty sure it's been no, tried I set to put the together before. No. Well, yeah, but what, what you didn't get that fight anyway in, in July? Like, I, I know we're <sighs> not. July, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, is that a bit close? Maybe like a, a big issue as well is like how are you going to fucking train? Even if it is, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of saying June, July uh, is an estimate, and I know you know it could go on till fucking next year or who knows. But uh, the pro- let's say it ends in in June, right? And it's, I think it's July eleventh is the is the big card. So let's say it ends in June, uh, the start of June. That's only a month that Conor McGregor can go in there and get fucking you know Keen Cowley in training with him or or whoever else is is there sparring with him. That's a big fucking issue, I think. And it's a bit not just for McGregor. It's a big issue for, for Gaethje as well because McGregor's a different sort of, of fighter to, to prepare for. And I think Luke Thomas has made this point brilliantly as well that even if we do get these fights... Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Luke Thomas made a brilliant point. No, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no way. Far, first time for everything. But, uh, I, I think you've gone mad with this uh, safe, self-isolation. <laughs> Somebody go check on John. Anybody live near the Limerick? I don't want to. I'm in quarantine. The door's locked. You can't come in and check him in. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he made the point that like, even if these fight happen, fights happen, how well prepared are the fighters for the fight? Because, like, when you're fighting Habib, let's say you're Tony, and I know Tony fucking prepares with inanimate objects all the time, so maybe it's a little bit different for him, but Habib is a very... Sp- uh, okay, he's prepared from, like, 84 times before, but let's let's say that fight's happening for the first time. It's it's a very, very difficult prospect to prepare for when you can't fucking spar with people. I know they're probably doing it behind closed doors. I think Peter Queeley said it on Twitter that they're, they're probably sparring anyway. So they probably are, but, like... Lots of gyms are closed down. Lots of fighters are not going to go in and, and spar with a person, even if they have a big fight coming up. And that's a huge issue because we're looking at fights that shouldn't be happening. And then we're looking at fights where there's two people probably gone in and might miss weight. And then they're going to be ill-prepared for a fight when it happens itself. Like, <laughs> it's just such a fucking disaster at all. Okay, even it like, okay, it's, it's just, what, three days, two and a half days left in... Uh, in so let's just say it's April. Mm-hmm. So April, May... And then in June, uh, this virus is going to be eradicated or pretty much eradicated. Uh, and you're going to be able to start like weight cutting and training with people. And yeah. I, I don't see that. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, but yeah. Well, but I think the overall, the McGregor versus Gaethje like, fight. Will you be able to fly your, your people over to America like yeah. to start your camp? Or it's, uh, I don't know. It just seems a bit far-fetched, a bit a bit optimistic. I think one benefit that Ireland and Conor McGregor may have that I think we're going to get out of it way quicker than other places because we've, I think, uh, in fairness, I'm not fan of the Irish government, but I think they've done a great job of it and we started very early and I know a lot of people got into lockdown themselves long before the government said to go into lockdown. Whereas everyone I speak to from like the UK and America and stuff, and I know there's a lot of people probably listen to this and say I'm, I'm wrong or that they're not doing this, but 
they don't seem to give a fuck like or m- maybe they didn't for a long time maybe they do now but this for the last few weeks they did not give a fuck and there was like people just going around and like on the tube over in england and stuff and people out of beaches and i know you had bits of that as well in ireland but i remember the first night they put in restrictions and there was people in like the, the bars in ireland everyone fucking insane and the bars were shut down the next day like i, I really think ireland has done a great job on it it should have been probably earlier again even but look better the, the best time to to plant a tree is 20 years ago the second best time is today like and i think ireland have, have done a good job of doing that and i don't think america and the us have done that and they're gonna they're gonna drag us down a bit i think honestly but i think am i the mcgregor let's say if it's like if if, if, if we do uh, in ireland if if and in other countries if they were to shut the airports it would definitely would uh, surely like uh, from an uneducated mind it seems like it would definitely slow down the the spread yeah. into ireland and of course in ireland so people can't cross okay they can cross from belfast if you want to call that a different country or from or the uk or from northern ireland if you want to call that the uk mm-hmm. but uh besides that like you know it, it's 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 easier for us to close borders than it is for nearly every other country so yeah. if we were to close our airports we definitely could kind of you know have a big advantage over a lot of countries and stopping this or, or slowing this yeah and the fact that we're and you're an island nation as you said but we're very uh spread out i think that's an unfar very unfair i know it's like dublin everyone but it's very unfortunate most of it's in dublin at the moment but the fact that everyone else around the country there's a lot of people you know living out in the middle of the country and they're not going to come absolutely yeah, near anyone self-isolated yeah. 90 <laughs> anyway. no houses yeah. for miles exactly but it's even like let's say you're uh someone who's making medical products in a factory in, in the middle of dublin city or you know or you have to go through the middle of dublin city to get to your job that's uh, that's very hard whereas if you're doing it in fucking let's say limerick you can probably just you know drive from here to limerick get into work okay you might be near people but there's a lot less of a uh of, of a an issue of it happening if you're not going through fucking a hundred thousand people in the streets in the middle of fucking dublin city you know so it's it's very uh all booked to get get back then do you think like and okay maybe my premise is wrong maybe ireland won't get out of it quicker than everyone else but let's say it, it does do you think there's any hope, like, okay, it might benefit Conor McGregor because maybe he'll be able to get back training quicker than Justin Gaethje or Habib or whoever else if, if it's going on longer and longer in America or, or uh, England or Russia or whatever. But do you think the, maybe there's a possibility, a bigger possibility now than before that McGregor's next fight might be in Ireland? Do you think, like, it could go on a long time in America and maybe it'll be all right in Ireland we can hold the Vince here? Well, and- yeah, if, if Ireland was to be kind of declared safe or whatever the is going to happen when these when, when the disease is kind of under control in or the virus is under control in in certain countries if ireland was to be one of the first ones and dana is pushing to be the first sport back and all this stuff so maybe maybe they would you know kind of you know the, uh, abandon the the or not abandon what kind of discard the 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 cons of putting it on in Ireland mm-hmm. and just say well we can we can get going here it's not ideal the timing and all that stuff but uh, the or the the time zones and all that stuff but it, like yeah if, if Ireland was I think that that's definitely a possibility and I'm sure Connor would uh, put some pressure on the UFC brass as well plus and this might sound very coarse here but the fact that people are isolated and quarantined wouldn't that mean they'd be able to buy a pay per view in Ireland? at an earlier time like if there was if let's say there was pay-per-views an anthony joshua fight was on here and the pay-per-view was on the two o'clock in the day right now you're like oh yeah fuck it i'll buy that because i'm at home i'm quarantined yeah, i'm not if, going if anywhere put on like a for example a a, a championship game a championship mm-hmm. soccer game like the, the league below the premier league 
they put on one of those games. It'll probably be the most watched <laughs> game of football in in year decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think there's a way bigger possibility now. Than, the Irish uh, League, before. the Irish Football League could, could be huge, huge. if they <laughs> get going. Yeah, <laughs> get something going, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll watch anything. But uh, yeah, uh, let's answer a couple of questions uh, here from over on Patreon and we'll answer the rest on Patreon. I did two Q&As last week, um, I don't know about this week, We're, uh, Sean Denny sent in his, uh, his thing this, uh, this month for us to look at the Diaz brothers. So I think we did Nick before, but to do, do Nate and Nick together, so that'll be out. Uh, Wednesday, if we, I don't know if we'll ever get a chance to record it, but <laughs> we'll probably do record it during the week anyway. That'll be on Wednesday. So sign up patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and all your questions. If you send them on Twitter, uh, Patreon, wherever, it, every single question will be answered, uh, unless it's something like illegal that I can't talk about, uh, over on uh, on Patreon every single week, tw- 52 weeks of the year. Um, Harry Kearns, Graham, what's one thing the casual fans don't know that you wish they did know? I think for me this is a pretty pretty uh, easy what that's or judging mm-hmm. <laughs> probably for me because it's my pet yeah. thing. Um, oh, um, hmm. Something that just popped in my head. I don't know if it's top of the top of the list, but uh, Grease Gate. Grease Gate. Oh, the GSP thing. Yeah. Yeah. That is it's very other, um yeah. very under the under the radar that is yeah what fight was that the bj pin fight that was bj pen and yeah. a lot of other fighters mayhem miller fought him said it uh matt hughes um a few others i can't remember now i did he fight bj pin twice or am i gone mad yeah he did yeah oh yeah i watched one of the fights in the rewatch there a couple of weeks ago but i did it with the sound off and everything so i don't think it was that one was it yeah i don't think it was that one it was the one that went uh, it was like stopped i think oh, yeah, okay, it might well. have been a towel or a doctor in the fourth round i think yeah no it wasn't that one so yeah um question here from thomas Delaney. i hate conor mcgregor uh but donating one million <laughs> <laughs> why are you laughing she was just started with that is very funny <laughs> your close personal friend there. I was like I hate Conor McGregor but donating one million uh, is no small feat and although cringe his video might actually get through to <laughs> to Gims not doing their part I now like Conor yeah uh, like the video was a bit mad you know it was <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> at the end I now like <laughs> <laughs> that video McGregor it was like you can't uh, McGregor's reaction to this I think has been fantastic to be honest okay the video might have been a bit over the top or whatever and you know he's I, I like I trust the people making the decisions especially Tony Hoolan I think he's a very good man in, in Ireland and you know but I, I think the fact he's encouraging people to stay inside and encouraging the country to do more and support him and giving a million quid like he's saying it and also you know backing it up as well. I, like when Klopp did that thing right and this is a bigger point here than McGregor but when he did that thing you know in the press conference where he said you, you know you should be looking at the experts uh, and uh uh, and looking at the, like I slagged him obviously over that, but I think that was dead right. I couldn't agree with more. And I think more people in his position should should do that. But I actually think that has changed since then because we're not in um, we're not in a position now where we need education. Really, I, I think everyone kind of knows about it at this stage. And if you don't, you're probably living under a rock. But everyone knows the issue now. I think is the encouragement to do the right thing. And Conor McGregor has. You know, whether you like him or hate him, there's lots of young people, especially, who absolutely love Conor McGregor. And, you know, he's done a lot of bad things, but, you know, he shits gold (laughs) to to those people. And the fact that he's coming out saying that, I'm sure will have an effect on people. No, he is an influencer, in inverted commas, for lots of young people. And him coming out saying that and doing making two videos and tweeting about it all the time is is a really, really good thing. And that's even beside the fact that he's... um, 
he's given a million quid as well for a uh, uh, personal yeah. protective equipment so you know people always say oh you got to be a role model you got to be a role model but then when you try to be a role model they uh yeah. stop mind your business or uh, this is cringe or whatever mm-hmm. so like you're, you're not going to please everybody all the time but you just got to do what you feel feels right and and he but he's been pretty positive putting out what he thinks is correct and uh, what seems to be happening now is is what he said so uh in the second video he's kind of saying you know you need to stay active keep your immune system up just it's all positive so i don't see why people would be criticizing this yeah i think it's very good for us a question from sean Denis: which you prefer a three-round war or a highlight reel finish can you have both i i think watching it live I prefer a three-round war, I think, barely, although I love knockouts. But watching them back, I love knockouts. I've been posting, like, a knockout gif every day on, on Twitter and love watching I don't like sometimes when people call, like, kind of, like, a, a scrappy kind of one-two after one-two punching low-level boxing match or in a UFC cage as a as a war. For me, it kind of needs to have more than that, like. Yeah. What about uh, Gilbert Melendez versus Diego Sanchez? Were you a fan of that? Yeah, I was, but I wouldn't call that a war. Like, you know. Uh, Why? Like, you wouldn't uh, call that a war? No, like I'd have a very high high bar for oh, for a war. What's your war? Like, you know, Conor McGregor like Robbie Lawler. Oh, yeah, okay. Robbie Lawler. Yeah, well, like yeah, that would be as well. Chill. As Diaz fights turn into kind of wars just by the his ability to take a yeah. punch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes fights where guys are just kind of not really. You know, they're just kind of. It's an even fight, and it's it's entertaining. People call that a war. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe I'd have to go back and watch that that Gilbert Melendez and and Diego one again. But it doesn't stand out in my mind as uh, that was a war. Yeah. What? Oh, hold on, Gilbert Melendez versus Diego. Like the doesn't... first round of first round of Daly and and Diaz was a war. Like. Oh, you! I don't think you need to rewatch fucking Melendez. Yeah, maybe I do. YouTube. Maybe I do. We should do that. We should watch it together and uh, and make a video out of it in, uh, next week or something. Um, right. Post show, anything to talk? About? What have you been doing? I've been watching The Wire. I know we talked about it a little bit before we we started, but uh, you've have you seen The Wire before, haven't you? Yeah, I saw The Wire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I went a good few years ago now. Yeah, I've I've I'm what, episode three of season two now, sort of like on the boats, and they just found all the dead women inside in the the. Hold thing, on, whoa, so. spoiler alert! <laughs> oh yeah, well, yeah, sorry. Whoa, I've, how can, can you actually spoil alert the thing that came out ten years ago? Like. So if I, I tell know. you what happens in the end well, of every you, season, you don't okay. tell me because you know now me. Like, if, <laughs> you know, okay, yeah, I just I just own myself there very quickly, didn't I? But yeah, what have you been doing anyway? Have you been watching anything good or anything? Uh, um, what, what was it called? The Tiger or Tiger King on Netflix? Did oh, you yeah. watch that? No, I haven't watched it yet. Everyone tell me it's to watch it. It's pretty crazy. It's funny. <laughs> it's very funny. Did, all of it. Did some and woman? Crazy. Did some woman just like feed her husband to a tiger or something? Is Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, so she did. <laughs> possibly. Yeah, possibly. God, I might. I uh, I really watched Band of Brothers as well. What a great fucking show! Like, what a. Uh, I watched show. it for. I think was it three seasons in total, or no, no, it was only one season. Well, there was there was a second season, the Pacific. So that was. Oh similar. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was ten yeah. episodes. I think it's, but they're all like an hour long or something. That, jeez, they're it's brilliant. It's kind of from the medic's point of view. Is that that thing? Is it? No, it's like, one of the episodes. One of the episodes is yeah. It, yeah, yeah. That's what. Yeah, I was just making sure I'm thinking of the, the right thing. Yeah, it's very, very good. Your man, um, Damien Lewis, is in it, uh, and I like your what's his name, Jimmy, not Jimmy Kimmel, the other one. What's his name? The the other late night presenter in um, 
in America. Fallon. Jimmy Fallon is in it, yeah, and Tom Hardy is in it, and Killian Murphy is in it, and Michael Fassbender is in it. Lot, it's an unbelievable cast of people. It's, it's really, really good. And uh, I got FIFA 20 as well. So, yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, I haven't even got a TV. Never mind. Uh, really? What? <laughs> what the f- Hold on. You don't What are you, the fuck are you doing? No Just TV. like everything I need on the laptop or, you know. God almighty. Like, you live in Dublin. Like, get, get on adverts and you get a fucking TV for like 90 quid in like 10 minutes. Uh, good. There's TVs in, 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 in my old gaff I could get, but no, it's just fine without it. So you have like Sky Go if you need it, or you. But have, like you like, can plug it into a TV and watch it in a way bigger screen, like. But then you end up just having it on in the background, distract you all day, like fuck that. Uh, hold on, you're living in quarantine with no TV. How the fuck is this possible? Sure, I've been li- I haven't had. We haven't had a TV here since we moved here. That's fucking That's about crazy. A year and a half ago. That's, oh, also as well. Now that you uh, bring it up. Last week, you know, we were talking about the Brazilian tap, and if that was uh, xenophobic or not. <laughs> yeah. You're married to a fucking Brazilian. I forgot about that. Why didn't you just ask her? Was what she used to say about it? <laughs> that would be a that wouldn't be a scientific uh, survey. <laughs> One person's opinion. Yeah. <laughs> nobody tweeted. Anecdotal evidence. Nobody tweeted us anyway saying it was xenophobic. So I think. Uh, I think, I think we're, we're alright. <laughs> now that you brought it up again, now we, we, you shut up, Sean. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. Anything else? Um, no, no. Ah, that's it. Fair. I've been watching Immerdale. That's how fucking sad I got. I actually a tip as well for people. Like if you have Google alerts on your phone, turn them off. Like that, I thought that really helped me. I was like getting fucking down in the dumps thing about all the shit. But I turned them off, and I've start. I listened like one news a day. That's fucking plenty. Like, gee, that, that's one tip I'd give people to uh, to deal with this quarantine. Just fucking turn off the alerts on your phone. Fucking watch a film. Watch The Wire. Watch like everyone has one series that they've never seen. Like everyone has even not seen like Game of Thrones or The Wire or whatever. That knows the time. Or Breaking Bad or yeah, I saw my boy uh, my boy Pulver over in um, the Sound of Violence saying Treme. Apparently that's a really good show. I I, I never watched it. How do you spell that? T I think it's T R E M M E or something like that. Apparently it's like The Wire. He said, but in uh, it's, it's like set out like The Wire, but not exactly a similar sort of story. But it's after. Um, Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. I remember at the time looking at like the ads that used to be on Sky Atlantic and like thinking, oh yeah, that could be really good. But I never watched it. But um, yeah, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be good. So maybe that's uh, an idea for you've never seen Game of Thrones either, have you? Oh, I watched it, like an episode and most of the second episode. I just, uh, just couldn't do it. No, you have to do it now. Come on, you have to do a Game of Thrones. No, you have to do a Game of Thrones. It's the greatest TV show of all time. Like people say, oh, the, the last season and stuff for shit, but. You know, I prefer to download over. Football Manager and play that instead. Oh god! <laughs> I remember one of the lads I used to go to college with just had Football Manager on, on his laptop, and we used to try to make him study. And then we go into his room, and he's just playing fucking Football Manager. Like so, some lads are going to be fucking wanking in their room, and they would try to uh, <laughs> try to fucking hide their computer, but he's playing Football Manager. He's like, no, don't look at me playing Football Manager. <laughs> yeah, but, one yeah. of the lads he, he did he move down where was it Sligo or something? He was living somewhere weird anyway, mm-hmm. and we, he was like he. he Moved down there for like work or college or something, and like somewhere uh, weird. Yeah, maybe it wasn't like oh, somewhere in the middle of nowhere, like <laughs> somewhere not in Dublin anyway. Yeah. And he was begging us for months to come down. Oh, the lads come yeah. down. We'll, we'll fucking do this. We'll do that. We'll drink, drink, drink. And then we got there on the Friday, mm-hmm. had a few drinks. He disappeared. We were like, is he fucking having a shower? Or what we went in. He's playing football manager. I understand. <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with you? You've been begging us to come down here for months and you're fucking playing football manager and you're like, get the fuck out of here. We're all pre-drinking out here. Like, what are you doing? Football manager 
is I've never I, I think I played lying like, on his bed fucking playing football manager like fuck's sake I think I played football manager on the PlayStation 1 when you needed like three of them memory cards to actually play it there was so I didn't much even know they had it on that I always played it on PC since it was like championship manager and maybe it was maybe it was a different one but I've never like I feel like if I started playing it I just get pure like, everyone that plays it seems to get unbelievably addicted to it like it seems like the most addictive game of all time so I'm like I'll stay away from that <laughs> I don't need that in my life like but yeah anyway right i suppose that's it we should do uh i don't know maybe someone else who likes uh tv series should get on with us and we should do like a a three-way tv series chat about what tv series what's your man's name uh, uh damon martin did he used to do oh, uh yeah. he did yeah. kinda, used to like spoil tv shows for me by posting about them on his twitter <laughs> reviews yeah. he, he'd put up a review but he'd like the headline would like tell you what happened or whatever in like a tv show or whatever yeah uh, yeah, I'd love to yeah, get him on to talk about Game of Thrones. I, I feel like myself and Damon talking about Game of Thrones would have a fucking great podcast. But yeah, someone tweet him. So here, Damon, the lads are talking about getting you on the podcast. I actually had him on the podcast before on this podcast. So um, yeah, that's definitely something we'll, we'll probably uh, think about too. All right, that's it. Thanks everyone for listening. Hopefully uh, the quarantine is going well. Hopefully I'm not at all staying healthy or getting exercise or eating well, but hopefully everyone else is doing it. And I might get into back to, into doing it here shortly, but... Uh, and what's your inspiration? Uh, quote. Do you have one ready, or are you slacking again? I have one ready here, but I haven't. I actually only pulled up like two minutes ago, so I, like it's hard to read when you're Slacker. talking. Slacker. You have all this time to to pull up inspirational quotes, and you you're slacking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here it is. Here's my inspirational quote of the week: Man cannot discover new oceans unless he has the courage to lose sight of the shore. We'll see you next Tuesday or Sunday or Saturday. <laughs>